UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello. Welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And today we have the grim task to talk about Michigan's 30-27 loss to the Ohio State Buckeyes in double overtime and the Snake Pit of Columbus. Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? I thought I, I was very disappointed watching that ball game. I thought Michigan would would equip themselves better on most fronts and be a little more enthused. Uh, the three uh, turnovers, two interceptions, and a fumbled snap by uh, the quarterback uh, really was a turning point of the game. You know, we can talk referees, we can talk offensive line, and the offensive line was a great disappointment. They were leaky. The defense was a disappointment in that they ran straight up the middle whenever they wanted to, it seemed, uh, burst out of there. The, the, we've had a previous game in which you sat there and pointed out that hey, the middle was open, and it was again in this game. So, the other thing that bothered me very much about it was they don't seem to be able to protect the lead. They're a great first-half team, but where does it go in the second half, and where did it go in the overtimes? So it wasn't the kind of victory from which you can take a, a moral stance. It was a, they got beat, and because they, the other team played better than they did, and that's kind of surprising because of all the years that we're going to have to beat Ohio State. Michigan lined up with them pretty good and pretty well this year. Had more experience, had a state of seniors, still failed. So that's pretty hard news. That's pretty hard to take. We had a lot at stake, and they didn't play like it, in my opinion. Well, I have to say, I made the journey to uh, Columbus to see the game in person. And so I, I've gone back, as I as I want to do before we do these podcasts, you know, we see the game live, and then I will go back and watch the game, uh, watch the broadcast to, you know, kind of put the other, the other piece to the puzzle together, try to figure out what was going on. Um, just some general observations. I think that um, Spate looked good, okay? I mean, as far as when I say look good, I mean, you know, he didn't look injured. Um, you know, uh, one question I have is that Michigan wasn't able to go deep, but I think that had more to do with, like you said, the leaky offensive line. I think that, you know, they were yeah, they, they yeah. were getting the plays that they knew they could get. Um you know, the really frustrating thing about Spate is that he was really the best offensive weapon for both teams. And, you know, I, 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 I go back and I look at that pick six and just totally frustrating because even if Michigan turns the ball over at the 20 or does a, a punt and maybe, you know, uh, gives Ohio State a short field, the defense... Was, was pretty stout. I mean, the defense got things done for most of the day um, until I think they got wore out. And, 
You know, I think the great tragedy of this season is that I cannot imagine a more talented defense um, coming up, coming up, coming around in the next few years. Um, I've well, told you what happened. Oh, that's right. And I and I told you that you know I am not convinced uh, that of Don Brown's you know genius. I think that you know the thing that strikes me when I look at this defense is that they are stacked and they are deep. You look at the players that come in, you know, rotate in. Um, you know, a, a little light at linebacker, but really that did not kill us this season. Um, you know, That's right. the thing that that struck me watching the game on on video was God, they just pounded. You know. Ohio State's quarterback. I mean, just just put a beating and and, and give credit to that guy. He kept coming back. Um, yeah. You know, and, and really, this game reminded me of of a heavyweight match that Michigan should have won, could have won. That they were leading, that they just couldn't. You know, again, give the knockout punch to to keep the boxing analogy going. And the real frustrating thing is, you know, and we've talked about this. Harbaugh uh, makes a feast of referees, game in and game out. Whether it's a tight game, whether it's a blowout, he will generally get a piece of of the referees and and give them a piece of his mind. And, you know, we've talked about this, and I look at this game, and, you know, you look at, at the penalty count, and you have, you know, two called, you know, in favor of Michigan, you know, two called on Ohio State, and two for six yards, woo! And then on the other side, you have seven for 59 called against Michigan. That's uncharacteristic, but I but I will tell you that going back and watching the tape, uh, you know, Michigan did some stupid things. I mean, the face mask call, um, you know, that erased Devion Smith's little screen pass, was was, was something that, yep that was something that should have been called okay that's the kind of play where if that had happened against us and it wasn't called we'd be screaming bloody murder but I will tell you Andy that you know we we say that holding could be called on almost every play sometimes it's called sometimes it's not boy they sure weren't looking to call Ohio State. And, and I wonder, you know, it's it's there's a fine line between, uh, you know, observing and whining. Um, listen, Michigan had that game. Michigan could have 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 won that game. You know, you can go through any number of scenarios where, you know, they score a few more points. Um, you know, they come up with a big stop, but the officiating sure didn't help them. And to a certain extent. To a certain extent, you expect that because you know that generally the home team with the home crowd gets a little bit of a a little bit of a juice. But and that, that's what I, I've heard some people are saying that the, the referees are intimidated by that crowd. But I, I will tell you, you go back and look at some of the clips that are flying around of some of the cheap shots that Ohio State got away with right in front of referees, and you know the thing that baffles me is that. You know, Harbaugh is very clearly going to get fined, okay? The opening, his opening salvo in the post-game press conference was that he's bitterly disappointed with the officiating. And, sure. and, you know, when I'm watching the game, 
in the first half, I get it. There were some there were some no calls, but the play that he went off on, the play that he went off on with the with the you know the offsides. I, I I don't know what his issue was. I mean, unless he's mad at his own team, and, and you know, you look at that and you just go, you know, we talked about, you know, and, and I and I flash back to I remember Rich Rod's last Ohio State game. I remember being down in Columbus, and a member of the national media looked over at me and said, "So, are you ready for Jim Harbaugh?" And I said, "No," okay, because. Harbaugh brings a certain amount of baggage with him, and you know I, I was hoping that that maybe uh, you know we didn't at that point we didn't know it was going to be Hulk, but we knew that something had to change as far as the rivalry goes. Well, you know one of the things you're going to get with Harbaugh is that he's going to be chewing on the refs, and you know I, I like Coach, I mean big fan, right? But the overall impression I took. From the game yesterday, from his demeanor on the sideline, from him at the press conference, is he really came off as kind of a spoiled brat. And, you know, that that doesn't play well. I mean, when you got a guy making between 7 and $9 million a year, chewing on a referee, um, you know, the, the referees are people too. And, and I'm not saying it's right. But I'm saying, you know what, does it surprise me that the referees might have uh, kept the flag in their pocket a few times because they were pissed off at them? It doesn't surprise me. And, and I, don't know, I don't know what the solution there is because I don't see Harbaugh changing. The solution is to score some touchdowns. Uh, I, I was disappointed in that I expected a bag of tricks and a little trickeration there at some point, and they didn't have a package uh, for Jabril to catch a pass, to line up in the slot, to do anything that he hasn't done. I thought they had a pretty vanilla, uh, pretty vanilla uh, offense there, and you could. it was very predictable that it would be Devion uh, when it was first and ten, it would be him. Uh, he's a good ball player and a good runner, but but, you know, a little deviation, maybe throwing a little more on first down. And whatever they whatever they had, they didn't put up points. And uh, I agree with you that uh, that Wilton uh, 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 played a pretty good ball game, and he's a good quarterback and a wonderful person. He will never uh, shame Michigan in any way other than maybe throwing an occasional interception. But I thought his interceptions weren't good judgment. And, boy, that fumble snap was bad news, too. And those are the reasons that O'Corn wasn't playing or hasn't been playing, and, and they they happened to him. Well, you remember uh, Mike Hart didn't fumble for a long, long time and then in, in uh, against uh, Florida in the bowl game he fumbled two or three times. So everybody can have a good but a bad game and I think that Spade in the long run is going to make Michigan proud. But a golden opportunity that will not soon come back to the University of Michigan was lost Saturday because they've got a better team this year probably than they will have next year, at least far more experienced this year. 
they're going to lose Peppers probably to the draft. So they're they're going to be in a in a, at least a semi rebuilding year next year, if not more. So uh, it's going to be a while maybe before we we see the Wolverines in that East Championship game. Well, that brings us to another subject. Who do you want to see uh, get nominated to play in that, representing the East? Do you think it should be Penn State? Well, that's the uh, that's how the tiebreakers go. I think the frustrating the frustrating thing for me about that game is it looks like it's going to be Penn State and, and Wisconsin, and Michigan put a beating on Penn State and beat Wisconsin. So that's right. The, the, I think the thing that that disconcerts me about this is I think the two best teams in the Big Ten are Michigan and Ohio State. And yet, with our funky division, you know, split, um, neither of those teams are, are in the Big Ten Championship. So it's weird because I look at this Big Ten Championship game and it's kind of a meh, you know, <coughs> I, don't, I don't care too much. And yet, you look at this and, you know, Michigan, if Michigan doesn't lose to Iowa, they have, a real, they have a real strong case to possibly still be a part of the college football playoff. But after losing to Iowa and losing to Ohio State, I know there are multiple scenarios that Michigan might squeak in, but it's kind of hard for me to, to, to get real excited about that because, again, he had no business losing to Iowa. And, you know, the thing about Iowa is really Iowa cost Michigan two games because not only did they lose that game, but they banged Spade up, and Spade probably wasn't as good as he could have been uh, in this game. You know, I, I give him credit. He was game. He came out. He played hard. Um, but, oh, the, 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 the interceptions and the fumble, and it's just, it's really too bad that a guy who came out and really put together such a gutsy performance um, really was, was so pivotal, pivotal in the loss. And, again, the game, was, the game was out there to be won. The game was out there to be won, and unfortunately, the Buckeyes came out in the fourth quarter in overtime, and, uh, you know, I, I hate that they wanted it more cliche, but they definitely, they took a pounding, and they kept coming, and, and they ended up, you know, getting the victory. Well, Michigan did what it's done in the last few games against Michigan State. They did it. They have not been a last half of the game team. The defense has not played as well in the last half because they quit some of the aggressiveness when they get when they get ahead that they have when they are in the first half of the game. Michigan's offense did not play well in the last half and that when they had a lead they could not get a single first down, a single ten yards to protect that lead. And this has happened to them more than once. They should toward the end of the game, and it's it's become a habit for them. And it did them against Ohio State. They got a few first downs late in that game. Uh, maybe uh, they could have uh, had a different result. So, it, it's, you know, it's all spilt milk and sour grapes. Uh, the water's over the dam. Michigan lost, and that's gone from there. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Harbaugh does 
getting their spirit back, getting them ready for that. They're liable to get a good bowl team in the a good team in the bowl, and uh, it's going to be a matter of getting them ready for that bowl, getting them enthused again, and putting another a win uh, on our resume for this year because they certainly don't want to go ten and three. Eleven and two would be a lot better. So uh, we'll see how they do, but they've got their work cut out for them. Because uh, this this game is not a game in which that team will get over it in 48 hours. Of course, they've got more. They've got 15 bowl practices, too, coming up. They've got a lot of time to work on it. But it was kind of a sad thing for a good bunch of guys. The other thing that I want to talk about is perhaps if someone... Uh, is picked politically to go into the playoffs, it's possible that Ohio State could politic their way into that game uh, over Penn State, because somebody might think that they're the bigger draw and better team. By far, they are the bigger draw and better team. But they have a lot of clout in the college football world and uh, it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to set at home waiting for a ball with Wolverines. I think they should, but let's see if they do. Well, we'll have to, we'll have to see what happens as the uh, you know the Big Ten championship game. Um, yeah, it, it's it's really hard. You know, I, I'm never I, I don't like the championship games. I don't like the two divisions. I wish there was some way that the that ev- that everybody could play everybody, and you know the champion is clear cut. Now, you know I, I hate these cross division games. Now, again, TV loves these uh, loves the the championship game, so it's not going away. Sure, it's another payday. But boy, it sure uh, sure is a who cares right now looking at both of these teams, and I think nationally it's the same way. I mean. Um, you know, uh, Ohio State and Michigan are the draws, and, and you know, Ohio State lost to Penn State, and, and Michigan lost to Iowa and, and Ohio State. So they really, they really have no no qualm. But you know, the thing that, that you know gets me is, you know, this thing about Harbaugh going after the refs and just, you know, being livid yesterday, and. I want to believe that part of the reason he was upset was that he was upset at himself. Um, but, you know, I, I tried to get a question in yesterday, and, uh, you know, there was, there was a, a ton of media there. It was, it was you know, sure. completely packed, and, and I, I didn't get picked to, to give a question. But, you know, the question I, I, I had for Coach was, you know, do you believe that the officials penalized your team for your behavior on the sideline? You know, I, I I would love to hear the answer to that question, and and if the answer is yes, well, the referees aren't going to go away, Andy. The referees are always going to be there, and it's funny because, you know, coach is a is a you know a, a, a devotee of, of Bo Schembechler, and Bo Schembechler talked about in his final game, you know, he did a at the final Rose Bowl, he did a fake punt. And they call, and the referees called a phantom hold, and it happened. It happened right in front of me, 
And Bo said in, in one of his books that it was the refs getting back at him for all the times he chewed on him. And so the, so the question is, if the referees aren't going away, you know, is, is Harbaugh going to continue to chew on them the way he does? Because I, I just well, don't see I'm, that. I don't see that as being a positive thing. I don't see that improving the situation. I don't think it's positive at all. And even if he is chewing on the ref, he has to be careful not to be so demonstrative that he draws a halfway to the goal line foul uh, for unsportsmanlike at a key time. At the key touchdown of the, that game was right then when they got the, you know, when they're coming back during regulation. That kind of set the stage for their coming back all the way and going ahead. I thought that was a mistake on his part, and I don't like to see that. He shouldn't have thrown the papers. He should be under control. When he's berserk, how do you think that affects his team? Maybe it fires him up. I don't know what he thinks it does, but I think that if you're cool, calm, and collected, uh, you've got to be cool, calm and collected to aim your weapons the right way and at the right targets and so forth and so on. So I wasn't impressed with that. I don't think, I think that uh, that is not good for Harbaugh or for Michigan. He carried it too far. I, but I, then again, then again, I'm not making $9 million a year. Well, but you know, that's the problem is that he is making nine million dollars a year, and it, it, it's you know the fans love it when he chews on the refs, and I think he enjoys it. And I will tell you that at every level of competition, I have never seen in the long run that help you. Okay, now I think maybe. If we were to talk about college basketball, you see coaches working the referees a little bit. And yet, you know, I, I would use coaches online that he used yesterday, you know, against Ohio State. This isn't basketball, okay? And you know what? If you throw things on the field, you get a flag. And he may not have, he may not have liked it, but you don't show up the game that way. Sorry. That's right. He did a disservice to his team when he did that. Yeah. I mean, he, he helps him so much you can almost forgive it, but still that's a thing that can't continue. He's got to be in control of himself and his team all during a game. Those side trips. And, you know, it's not. the same thing when people would talk about what a great coach Bobby Knight was. I would say, listen, if the coach can't control himself, how can he expect his players to be in control? And you know darn well if one of his players went off like that, you know, Bobby Knight would have had, you know, that guy's head on a platter. And yet, you know, here he is, you know, having having tantrums. And, you know, I don't know. Listen, Coach Harbaugh's not going to listen to us, okay? I don't know if, it, if, it, if his brother talks to him or his dad or this is just what you get, okay? But but the reality is, you know, if you're going to play another great team, and you're a great team, 
it's probably going to be a coin toss and you want to have everything in your favor and there's a way that you talk to the officials you know you know the the, the official stands over on that sideline and and when the cameras aren't there you kind of say hey you screwed me on that call you know there's a way to communicate without showing them up and 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 you know uh, we can talk about that they miss calls we can talk about that they're not great officials guess what that happens at every level <coughs> you see professional referees blowing calls and could they be better sure they could always be better guess what they're always going to be bad officials there's bad officials at every level bad calls but how do you deal with it and i really think that um he did himself and the team no you know he he did himself and the team a disservice against ohio state because you know you look at that and you have urban meyer who's won multiple national championships and is is you know has has a little bit calmer demeanor than harbaugh and you know again harbaugh's ranting and raving on the sideline and it, it's funny because in the press conference, the, the pregame press conference, you know, the week of the game, one of the Ohio reporters said, well, Coach, how would you describe yourself? Some people think you're crazy. Did he look crazy? Yes. You know, against, during the game? Yeah. You know, he hurt his team. So, I, I, I'm, you know, we don't get these sit-downs with the coach that we used to get under Rich Rod and, and Hoke so that he could explain. I mean, I really want to know what he was thinking at that point. That well, maybe you'll hear something on those lines tomorrow at the press conference. Well, there's going to be no press No, I just got email. There's no press conference tomorrow. He's not going to... He's probably not going to talk until next Sunday when they when they have an idea of where they're going to play in the ball. So... Yeah, okay. And, and I'll tell you, I, I, yeah. I, I really... You know, I view when you're breaking down a game as three key components, okay? There's the component that you see if you're at the game live, okay, you know, in the stadium. And you get a feel for the flow, and you can you can see what's happening away from the plays, and, and that's, that's important. And then there's the broadcast, because the broadcast, you know, zooms in and, and has... Um, access to to you know angles that that you don't have when you're just watching, and then the third component component that we really very rarely get is what the actual coaching staff was trying to actually get done on each play. Okay, so when when you know I go to the press conference and Coach Harbaugh is going crazy, I'm thinking, wow, I must be missing something, right? There must be some huge egregious error. So I watched the tape, and I saw eh, a couple, but again, even with that said, Michigan was in control, and I, I think that at a certain point, you got to execute, you got to get things done. Now, I, I am going to dog you know, the, the broadcast squad a little bit. For the life of me, Andy, and, and we've talked about this in previous podcasts. You have a dozen cameras there on game day. How can there not be a camera either right over watching, you know, uh, uh, a critical play like that, exactly where a player goes? And how can there not be a camera right on the first down line, looking straight down? 
We've talked about this on the goal line. I mean, I just it, it amazes me that in this day and age that we're still looking at all these funky angles and we're, there's still some question on where the ball was and where the player was. And um, I will tell you that, that I was on the field when that play happened and the Ohio State media around me, A, didn't think he got it in real time, and B, but, and B, said that, boy, there's sure not evidence to, to, to overturn it. Okay? So you look at it and, and you go, you know, Coach was, was emphatic in the post game that he, from his angle, he, it was short. You know, I haven't seen that angle yet, Andy. I, I, I mean, I've seen various photos floating around. And, you know, there's a, there's a, a, a couple of tweets going around that, you know, somebody at ESPN has the perfect angle, but they just can't release it, which, which is like, sure, right, whatever, you know. Sure. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm still really surprised. But you know what? That's not why Michigan lost the game, you know. And, you know, while, while everybody can go crazy about what happened in regulation, remember that Ohio State missed two field goals on a guy who was usually pretty automatic. So, you know, you, you know, it, it was a, a well-fought classic game. I just really hate Absolutely. Being, I hate being on the losing end of, of, of games like this. And, and that's, you know, that's where, where, where my head is right now. You know, one thing that we haven't talked about is that Ohio State, uh, its coaches, and it's some of its players, important players like the quarterback have been there before they've, they've played for all the marbles before they've played in the in the uh, playoff they've played in the championship game and Michigan has done none of that they haven't done that There's nobody on this team has ever been involved in anything like that and I think you have a tendency to win more if you're experienced at what you're doing, if they've been in those situations before. Now, Michigan has learned from this loss, and I'm sure they'll be better the next time they're in something like this. The only thing is that something like this isn't going to come around tomorrow. It's going to be a while. Maybe not next year. Maybe the year after. Maybe the year after. You don't ever know when this when this merry ground is going to come out, come around and present you with the brass ring again. So all they can do is what they always say that they do is they can go back to work. The other thing I wanted to mention to you was it seems to me that Michigan is more tired in the later parts of the game in the second half of the season. Granted that the competition is better. But do you think their practice sessions could get so long that as the season progresses, and this has been a long and busy season, that they are so long and so strenuous that they're tiring the fellas out? Uh, you know, so that, so that some fatigue shows up at game time. They just aren't the same team in the second half. They, uh, Michigan is not the one making the adjustments that work in the second half in the last few games. It's the other team, because the other team's doing better. Michigan went, was it Iowa that they didn't have a touchdown in the third quarter? 
They they just aren't the same team. Uh, in the last half of the game, they have been in the first half, and maybe that's all wet. I don't know, but it seems that way to me anyway. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.